0: I want to just take a short couple minutes to finish up a series that that we were on before I left for vacation. We were doing a series called Measuring Up, and we were talking about the idea of how so often we compare ourselves with the person next to us. Uh, We kind of look left and look right to see how we're doing, and we kind of judge um, whether we're doing well or doing poorly based on other people. And so the first first week, the challenge was uh, Walmart dares you to compare, and we were saying God dares you not to compare you to anybody else. He designed you to be unique um, for a reason. And then in the second week, we talked about that what you have is less important than what you do with it. So often we're so busy comparing with other people and realizing, well, I don't have that. I'm gonna try and get that. Or, you know, I'm not as uh, good of a speaker. Or I, you know, I'm not as popular. Or I'm not as cool. Or I'm not as, you know, athletic. And I'm not as in shape or whatever. And we, we compare and then we try and get to that spot rather than just um, owning what we, uh, what, uh, what we have and uh, uh, that God's given us to manage and using that for Him. And so I actually thought two weeks ago, I'm going on vacation. I'm done with this series. And then uh, as I'm sitting at the cottage, and I'm reading a book, which I rarely read books. I learn by listening. Uh, But I read a book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And as I got through, uh, it's a tough read and yet I just couldn't put it down. And and I kept reading through and I was so challenged by this one chapter. And in in the chapter, it was this line that just jumped out at me. It's probably because I'd just been talking about comparison. But C.S. Lewis says this, it's comparison that makes you proud. And I kind of talked about some of the ideas of comparison, how it wrecks relationships and how you know, it makes you feel a little insecure and whatever else. Never really saw this thought. And then it was like that thought of pride. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. You know it, gets, it gets each of us and we don't even know it. And so I want to start the, maybe, maybe tonight with a, with a thought of, you know, certain things that, that we, we think are greater than other things and wanted to ask you about that. So um, tonight, you know, uh, the, there's a baseball game on today. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, know who the Blue Jays are. Uh, uh, Blue Jays versus Orioles. So let's just going to say, how many uh, think the Blue Jays are greater than the Orioles? Let's show of hands. We're going to do some action tonight and wake you all up. The Blue Jays are better, right? Okay. How about uh, the Orioles? Anybody, any Orioles fans here? No Orioles. All right, so the winner is the Blue Jays. You got it. That's for you, Trey. Uh, and then uh, Texas Ranger fan. How about how about this one? Aunt Jemima um, or real maple syrup? So we're gonna go with Aunt Jemima. Any fans of Aunt? Yes, I knew there was some of you out there. How about real maple syrup? Yeah. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Real maple syrup wins. But Aunt Jemima followers, yeah. I don't know. That stuff's amazing, uh, amazing. You guys got it all wrong. I just have one other one I wanted to ask you about, so you guys can probably guess. But um, <laughs> cats, all, all the cat people, cat people. said, so, uh, just look around. All those really lonely people. All right, what about what about the dog people? That's right. You know what? Yeah, the dogs. See, it's just. I know. I know. Amazing. Um, dogs definitely greater than cats. Uh, and then this last one, honor versus humility honor versus humility honor this idea of having you know a high respect or esteem from other people they look at you and they're like I respect that person I esteem that person that person is pretty awesome is that more important or greater than humility just this simple modest view of your own importance and so the reason I would talk about it is because it's something that I see in the word and and we could say well as we look at those I think they're both valuable but which one's greater Cats and dogs, both valuable, dogs just greater, right? This idea, same thing, which one's greater? Uh, and as we look at it, we think, well, you just would pick one. But my question for you is, which, which one does your lifestyle actually say that, you're, that you are picking? And so as um, Jesus and his followers. There's this one moment where Jesus is talking with his followers back then, and those words ring so true for us, and it's found in Matthew chapter 20. So if you have a Bible, you can uh, zip over there, you can just follow along on the screen. But it says this, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt respectfully to ask him a favor. Do you picture in it? There's Jesus, there's a mom, her two adult sons, kneels on the ground in front of Jesus, and he's like, what is your request? And she replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. And then it says in verse 24, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked. See, we get a little bit more of the story. James and John are like, Mom, you go ask. You know, if we ask, the, guys, the boys, the fellas are going to be mad. But if you go ask, they're not going to like blame you, Mom. So they send Mom to ask. And it says they were indignant. You know, any, any idea why they were indignant? Because in this verse right here, it shows you, you know, it shows you just this little test of whether pride exists in our life. You know, if there's a part in us that's looking for honor, looking for that, like, I want to be somebody. I want people to look at me as if I'm somebody important. I, I want that. And if I can't get it, I'll ask my mom to go ask for that. There's a little bit of a, a pride issue in our lives, and we'll just say it's in their lives because we're, we're not there. But then there's this other side where it's the spot of being indignant. It's like where... You wanted to be the cool person at the party who had the funny joke and someone else beat you to it. You know, you wanted to be the one who was like, you scored the winning goal on your sports team and then someone else did. And it just irks you a little bit. Or, you know, you guys are working hard and, and all of a sudden you got a raise and you come to church. You're like, yeah, I just want to thank the Lord. I got a raise for $2 an hour. And then the person like across the aisle is like, I just want to thank the Lord. I got a raise for $3 an hour. He's are like, God, oh. it's like that thought on the inside of like, oh, you know, I hope something Bad happens around. I hope to get fired. It's, it's those thoughts. I know you're like, you really, you know, you don't. No, we're not going to raise hands for that. But sometimes, isn't it true that you have those little feelings on the inside? Like, wh- what is that? Why? Why do I have them? We referenced it a little while ago, but it's this idea of pride. Pride's competitive by nature. It's my pride and your pride competing with everybody else's pride all the time. And we don't, we don't often realize it's there until these things happen. Until until somebody's mom asks Jesus if they can be special. And then all of a sudden that that indignation comes up. Matthew chapter 20, he carries on with the story, and he says, this is what Jesus said. He says, Jesus called them together and says, okay, fellas, everybody come here. We're going to play nice. Mom, you go take a break, but fellas, come here. He's like this, you know, he says to him, you know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people, and the officials, they flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it's going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. And you're like, this isn't new. I've heard this before. But he says, for even the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for, for many. He says to some guys, you know. I'm not going to tell you something brand new, but he says, you know, you know how this world works. It's like not a shock to anybody at the table. They knew how their world worked. That's why they asked the question. That's where they're like, Jesus, we want to be important. We want to be the right hand and the left because there was certain privileges that happened when you were like, you know, right next to whoever's in charge. And so they knew that in their, in, their, um, in their world, there's a pecking order. And I don't know if you're familiar with the pecking order, but the pecking order is based on chickens, but it happens in other birds as well. Um, we have quail in our backyard, and quail are awesome. This is, um, this is Mordecai. He's our... Uh, He's our male quail. He's pretty cool. Likes himself, fluffs up his... But Mordecai rules the roost in our little, uh, in our little quail cage. He's top of the pecking order. Uh, and the quail with the least amount of feathers, that is the lowest on the pecking order. Oh, yeah, he's cool. he makes cool sounds even. So, um, but, you know, the, this other quail that tries to come to the, to the quail feeder, he can only come when everyone else is gone. Mordecai will chase him away or, or any of the others will chase him away. And uh, there's just this one quail that's got a few, um, he's only got a couple feathers left on his head because they, they all get picked off. And so as I'm watching them, it's like, it's kind of just neat to watch how, how it all plays out. And that's just the way that their life is and that 's the way it works. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I, I was sitting in the kitchen and my kids run in and the youngest is um, uh, our Reese and Lincoln and come in they're like dad it's an emergency and I'm like what you know and we had just had baby quail hatched them raised them in our house we uh we had them for two weeks and then we went on vacations so we had to hire a babysitter to take care of them they need a heat lamp and it's like it's a big job and we just put these baby quail in with the big quail and sure enough they are like dad one of their heads fell off. And they're so sad. I'm like, I know, emergency. So I run out. i like, that's the lowest of the pecking order, kids. That's how that works, you know. And I'm thinking, Mordecai must have done it for sure. And then I get out there and find out it was something else. Something dragged it through the wire. Um, it, still, very sad story. But that's the pecking order. That's how it works. There's this, there's this high to, to low kind of thing. When we look at it, we're like, we, we don't kind of treat people like that. But in their day, that's the way it was. The Romans. They knew that they were the top of the pecking order. They, you know, Humility wasn't cool in their day. It showed weakness if you were, if you were humble. Uh, and basically for the Romans, it was like the humble got rumbled. And if there was anybody else who opposed, they got rumbled too. It was just the Romans were it and everyone else was somewhere down in this pecking order. And their, their attire, their lifestyle, their laws were different for the people on top than for those on the bottom. So when Jesus is talking to them saying, hey, you guys know how it works they assumed that when we had the two words up there, that that honor was more important than humility because that's what everybody went for. Everybody went for this idea of of honor rather than humility. And he says to them this, but among you, it's going to be different. If you're a follower of me, it's got to be different. And they would have thought the next statements were crazy. When Jesus was saying to them, you know, this is what I want it to look like. They would have been like, Jesus, it was fun following you when there was miracles and you're feeding us, but this is like, we don't like this too much. And for us, I got to be honest, I think that sometimes we just think it's crazy too. That really when we, when we measure our lives by the word of God, and I look at it and like, yeah, even in my life, I think, mm, I don't know, some of that stuff's a little bit crazy. It's like he has an upside down, upside down kingdom. Everything's different and backwards for him. His motto is down, 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 all the way to the top. Down, 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 all the way to the top. You see it in stories throughout the Bible, stories of Joseph. You see stories of, of, of other ones. You keep realizing it, was, it wasn't this idea of strive to be the best. He said, what? First will be last, and last will be first. You know, it's, it's this idea of saying, you know, there's no point in, like, if everybody's in a race, we're like, we're going to have a race. There's no point in everybody rushing to be the first one in line to start the race. I remember in in school having that at uh, at one, this one track meet where that actually happened. There was this kid named Andy and he was the fastest kid and he was gonna win. I've told you a story before. But before the race started, everybody was rushing for that one spot right by the center line. So you had the shortest track because it was 800 meters. Well, Andy fought so hard to get that spot and so was everybody else. And when the race started, they just pushed him off the thing. And so he ran across the field and went around the racetrack and won the race only to be disqualified at the very end because he didn't actually finish the whole race. He ran across the lawn. And for us, Jesus is saying that same idea. He's like, it doesn't matter if you like, you know, you guys fight here on this planet to be first. It matters where you end up at, uh, at the end. And so he said things like, you know what, in eternity, it's much more important that you were, you know, where you were, there was humility here rather than honor, because you'll get it then. He talked about it more than once. He talked about it at a wedding. He said, you know, don't take the best seat in the house. He says, because somebody else might be more important than you. And they're going to get that. See, you're going to end up at the bottom. Uh, in the last seat, you know, in Mark 8, Mark wrote about it and said, what good is it if you, if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? He's like, what good is it if everything here, you got everything? But in the end, it didn't matter. Matthew wrote about it a couple of chapters later, Jesus was talking to the religious people and they, they had the same thing. And he, he just said to them, those who exalt themselves they're going to be humbled, and those who humble themselves, they're the ones who are going to be exalted. As Jesus sitting with his disciples, he says, he who wants to be first needs to be the slave. I'm like slave, you know, we don't, we don't have those anymore. I mean, you shouldn't, you know, that's uh, <laughs> this idea of slavery, we don't really, we don't really think about too often, and you could, but just picture back then, Jesus, the mom comes, she kneels on the ground she's like Jesus I got a favor please make my two boys right and left you know number one and number two and and then he's like okay hold on we gotta talk and he tells him he's like okay fellas you know you guys are all upset and you two want to be the greatest let me just tell you how it's gonna be it's not gonna be that way with us you want to be the greatest you need to be the slave and you can just see you know James and John like looking at each other what do you mean slave you know now we're outed You know, we want to be the greatest. He knows we want to be the greatest. And he's like, now, you know, you guys got to be the slaves. And they're like, oh, thanks a lot, mom. You know, it's like passing the buck. You know, what did you get us into? Slaves. You know, in John chapter 13, John writes this incredible, incredible story. It's not new. You've heard it before. But just before Jesus was crucified, he says this. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of um, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Just a real quick note about humility, that it doesn't mean you get rid of all of your power, your authority, your status, your wealth. It's not saying you've got to, you know, I've got to be nothing. i just got to let everything else go. Jesus had all authority. But it says he knew that he'd come from God and would return to God. So what? He got up from the table, took off his robe took off his robe and wrapped a towel around his waist. Why? Wrapping a towel around the waist, that was the, 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 um, the uniform of slaves. And he says, he poured water into a basin. and He began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around them. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Pete said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. And Peter's like, no, you're not washing my feet, Jesus. And he was like vehemently fighting. And Jesus said, I have to wash your feet. If I don't, you know, you're not part of this this crew. And then Peter's like, okay, you can. But there was something in him that resisted it. And then after washing the feet in verse 12, it says, he put on the robe again. And he says, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. He's like, that's what I am. This is who I am. This is everything that, that, uh, that I am uh, been uh, given. It's the talents, everything uh, as a person. He says, that's what I am. He says, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. He says, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. You know, as so you see the things that are happening here, you see a leader doing a slave's job, which none of them would have ever stooped to do. None of them, uh, even in their culture, that it was like the lowest slaves that was their job to do. Um, and it was one of the things that they could even, you know, resist doing as long as they provided water. But Jesus was like, you know what? It's more than that. It's more than that. What you guys look at and think, you know, it's, we want to be up here. We want to be, we want people washing our feet. He's like, let me show you what it's really about. It's about us taking that different, that different level, going to that place where we uh, humble ourselves, not looking for what everyone else looks for here. Going against pride, that thing on the inside of you, to do something different. In Philippians, Paul writes to them, and he writes these words. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress. Man, how much do we do that in our lives? Go through our lives trying to just impress other people. You know, as I was thinking about this, man, this thing's hitting me so hard. You know, don't try to impress others. Be humble. It says again, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. So if you're a follower of Christ, and we just saw what Jesus did with his followers, he's like, you got to have that same attitude. Though he was God, he didn't think that equality with God. He didn't think that, that I mean, that is the highest level you can achieve. He didn't think that was worth um, holding on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege He says he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And we appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. We know that it says, you know, God elevate him to the highest place where every uh, knee would bow uh, and declare that Jesus is Lord and to the glory of God the Father. He says, you know, this idea of Jesus being humble resulted in something uh, re- resulted in something great. He understood what uh, humility was really all about. But Paul says, "You know what? That's not just that's not just where it stops." In the same way that Jesus said to his followers, "I'm giving you an example. I want you to do as I'm doing." Paul said the same thing. He says, "I want you to have that same attitude, not just the same actions, but the same attitude, because really it comes down to those two words: actions and attitude." Pete Wilson said it this way in his series on this: "Stop impressing." And start investing. If everything comes to, to, to head tonight, it's this. What do we do with it? Stop impressing and start investing. The thing about impressing. Oh man, these things just got just got to me. Because it's like these ideas of, you know, always wanting to be right. I don't know if you find yourself in that place. But this one gets me all the time. It's like somebody says something. And I just I just know there's a little bit wrong with what they said. And I just have to tell them. And they look at me and like, oh, you wonderful scholar, you. No, they don't. They actually like... They don't want to hang out with me anymore. <laughs> you know what I? I look at I look at some of these things. It's like you know it, the worst places that can happen is in your marriage. You know it's like you just you just got to be right uh, and and realizing what is that like? It, what, what's that? It's that pride that just kind of rises up on the inside. You know, always wanting to be the best at something. I got to be honest with you guys. Do you realize that that every week before I come here, I like feel this weight. Like if this doesn't go awesome, I don't know if I ever want to go back again. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you, I don't know if you realize. That is like honest truth. And I put so much weight and stock in that sometimes. And this, just when he's beginning dealing with me, it's like, listen, stop trying to impress all of them. Let me just do my job and talk to them. Let me talk to their hearts. It has, you're, you're not the answer. You're the signpost. Yeah, you can amen that I need to hear that every once in a while. You know what the worst fears for me is after I speak that people start coming up to the front and I look at them and I wa- I, I I watch the way you walk. Because if you walk up like this, I know you need prayer. If you walk up like this, I know you're gonna tell me I did something wrong. And I hate that. I I hate I'm not gonna tell them tomorrow, but I hate that moment when 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 it's that thought of, you know, hey Mark, you maybe got this a little bit, and it's like, oh you and and for my wife will tell you the same thing. I never know if it was good until she tells me it was good or, or bad. And it's just revealing something inside of me that just is ugly and just really needs to needs to be dealt with. And I mean, if you you could probably help me by coming up and telling me stuff that I you know giving me opportunity to to live this out. Maybe not tonight, but in the in in the, in the future. But but it's I know there will be a line tonight. It is. It's these things that you just, you don't know about yourself, and then they start being, you know, kind of revealed, and you realize it's this, it's this pride thing. It, this thing about wanting other people to always think good of you. I don't know if you have that. You know, just wanting people to think, not the truth. You want them to think good of you. It's like, <laughs> if, you, if you call me in the morning, and uh, I, hate when you, well, I hate when people call me in the morning and be like, hey, did we wake you up? And I'm like, oh, look at the clock, it's like 8.30. <laughs> no, no, I was up at 5. You know, I'll tell you that, because I was. I went to the washroom and went back to bed. But uh, it's that thought of, I don't, want, I don't want them to think if I say yes, you know, that that A, I was sleeping at 8.30 in the morning. Or, you know, I'm thinking, man, that guy, he's like, What's he, what is he? what is he only work on weekends? It's, it's that thought, you know, you kind of want them... The other one, um, you know, it's like maybe for you guys, it's like the thought of there's like a new show on TV and you can tell your friends, hey, there's this brand new show on TV. I love how Pete Wilson was talking about this thought too. It's like we always preface it with this thing, you know, we always say things like this. Well, I don't watch a lot of TV, but you got to check out this one show that I've seen. And why do we do that? Why don't we just tell them? You know, why, you know why we say that? It's because we don't want them to think we're just sloths who don't do anything but watch TV, Right, so we like we gotta we got preface it. You know, I I don't really do this a lot, but and what is that? I just want you to be impressed by me, right? I wanna I wanna manage what you think about me. And what is that? It's it's our pride. It's that part of us that that thinks that there's so much a, 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 a importance in us. Um, gossiping about others. Gossip's like that pecking order. It's like you peck at the ones below you by talking about them, and then you peck at the ones above you, like when things go wrong with them, and telling kind of telling stories, and and kind of in your own in your own um, head or, or right, you think oh, I'm kind of moving up or whatever. Uh, and some, you know, as a pastor, that. It's funny because it, like, it gets veiled in prayer requests sometimes. It's like, you, you know, you call to tell me something gossipy, but it, you, you know that I'm going to call you out if it's gossipy. So it's like, you know, if, Pastor, we've got to pray because I think that, you know, so-and-so has got a corn addiction. I see them at Snyder's Sweet Corn Stand all the time, you know, every day. And it's like, I think we really need to pray for them. And it's like, you know, it's just masking it in a different way. But we deceive ourselves in things like this. And why? It's because of that pride. It's... Pride is like, it causes every other thing, and it comes from comparison. When I read that one statement, that idea of comparison causes us to be proud. Realize that so often we fall in this place of impressing. We're Jesus' disciples back then, you know, and we want to be number one and two. We want everybody to look at us. He said, stop trying to impress. Care more about what he thinks than what everybody else thinks of me. And then the second thought was this, invest. Instead of impressing, be about investing. Uh, you know, there's a statement that says, attitude determines our actions. They said, have the same attitude. John Maxwell, all kinds of leaders say, attitude determines our actions. Just get the right attitude and you'll get the right actions. But for some of us, that's just so difficult when it comes to this. Because it's like, we don't really want the right attitude. You know, it's not that, you know, even if we say, yeah, I want, the, uh, uh, okay, attitude's fine. But we'll sit here tonight and go, yeah, okay, I'm going to try and get the right attitude. And I talk to people all the time where it's this thought of we feel a whole lot better about ourselves because we intended to do that. We intended to have a better attitude. We intended to deal with some of these things. I'm famous for it myself sometimes, where it's that realizing, realizing that, you know, I, I feel better because I thought about it. I feel better because I preached about it. I feel better because I'm going to do something about it sometime. And then we don't do anything about it. And we find ourselves in this place where, where Attitude determines our actions. But Jesus was saying to his disciples something different. He was saying, you know what? Actions can determine your attitude. Isn't it incredible how, you know, by just simply showing kindness to someone that you're not usually kind to begins to change the way you feel about them? Isn't it crazy how when you show love to somebody who you don't even, you know, know, or maybe it's someone you really just don't care about, but you act in love towards them anyways, how it begins to change the way you feel about them? I'm like connected to a whole bunch of kids in Haiti when I see their pictures. It's like, I just want to go back there. And I don't know these kids. And but there's something about as you go to a place and you, uh, and you show love to, to someone, it does something to you. It's why people get addicted to mission trips. They just want to go because it, it does more for you than it does for them. You know, smiling. Did you ever notice that smiling can change the way you feel? Try it. So you were bored a second ago and you feel good now. <laughs> Told you. You know, that's, what is it? There's something, something so crazy about that. But Jesus said to his followers, and I'll say it to you guys tonight, is this idea of, I gave you an example to follow, he said. He washed their feet. He washed their feet. What does that look like for us today? And it doesn't look like foot washing. You know, it's really weird. There's people I've had it before, like, you know, I feel the like God told me to wash your feet. And I'm just like, oh, you do not want to see my toe jam, right? Like, this is not, I don't think it was the Lord, right? Because it's going to be more embarrassing for me and, and whatever. But... It's not, it's not part of our culture. Back then, that's a big cultural thing. But what are the things that are, would be the modern day foot washing for us? And I think some of those things are time. I think some of the way we spend our time thinking about others rather than ourselves is one way of saying, you know, I'm going to humble myself. Think about someone else. So often, we think about just our own time. And if we're late for something in a lineup, we don't, we don't care about the other person in front of us. We don't care if they've got a story of why they're taking forever. We just sort of like, if they don't get out of my way, you know. Maybe that happens in your home. Maybe your kids just get on your nerves because they sh- hinder you from what you want to get done. Maybe it's your spouse. You know, you've got important stuff to do and they need the vehicle. Time, money, you know, generosity. Man, if we just, if we live our lives with generosity, how it just brings us down to realize we don't need to try and keep up with everybody else. It's just pride. It's just that part of, of comparing. Conversation. If you ask yourself, you know, how often in your conversations are you always trying to fit you into the story? You talk to somebody, you just can't wait to tell them about you. If I've done that to you, I'm sorry. Gossip. How often has it been, you know, in our day, if we just sit back and take one day and realize, man, how many times have I said something that really just wasn't building up somebody else? And why did I say it? I don't feel better after. This idea of always being right. You know, the opportunity to go with someone else's idea every once in a while. C.S. Lewis said two people of a trade never agree. It's like two carpenters get together. It's got to be a certain way. Same cut, just done differently a little bit. Just because one's got to be right. And the last thing is this, honesty. What would it look like in our lives if we decided to, to live like this? Honesty is, you know, not trying to impress. And actually, not, trying should be not lying to impress. So often, we don't tell what's honest because our focus is so trying to impress, to protect this bit of pride on the inside. And Jesus said, you know what? Among us, it's going to be different. You know how our world works. You know that's how naturally you want to do it. You know that that's it. He says, but with us, it's different. So what would today look like if it wasn't all about me? What would today look? Would you ask yourself that question? What would my day look like if it wasn't just all about me? And for some, you think this thought, you know, why would God ask me to be humble? Why would God, why is, God must be proud if he really wants me to be humble. Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know what, this is probably the most important part of all of it. The reason that God asks us to honor him, and the reason that God asks us to choose humility, and Jesus said, I'm going to model that for you, and I'm going to tell you a ton of times, choose humility over honor every single time, is this. That he wants humility for us so that we can actually know him. Do you realize that pride destroys relationships, including the one with him? That was where it got me. That's where it hit me. That's where it was like, you know what? I can be living my life, doing what I do for work, and missing out on real relationship with the Lord because of this thing called pride. This pride that on the inside gets just too much focused on us, too much focused on me. You know, it's even having a relationship with God, but how does he make me feel? What's he doing for me? Love this thought. It's hard to look up when you're busy looking down on others. It's hard to look up when you're busy looking down on others. And it's this idea of comparison. This comparison left and right breeds pride in us. And he says, you know, that idea of giving up comparison for the sake of knowing him. Leave you with his last thoughts. A truly humble person, what does that look like? I can tell you. They're not trying to be humble. If you leave this place and be like, I want to be more humble, then I can tell people I'm full of humility, right? Like, I'm, I'll be proud of my humility. He's saying the idea of a humble person, they aren't thinking about humility. They're just not thinking about themselves at all. They're thinking about the Lord, and they're thinking about other people. If we can put those two thoughts in our, in our heads, humility becomes that byproduct. Think about others and think about the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, Paul wrote this night. I, I know there's a lot of verses tonight, but I, just, I, I love this thought. Paul said this. He's like, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a real Hebrew if there ever was one! exclamation mark, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Take a look at me saying... Look at all of the things that I've done. Look at all of the things that should, do to, should require honor and esteem from all of you. Look at, look at my pedigree. Look at what I've done to achieve this. Verse 7, he says this, I once thought that those things were valuable. My question for you tonight is, what do you put in those verses for you? What are the things that you've been reaching for that you think this is what makes me, you know, um, something? This is, what, this is what I look at as being that part that others should honor Maybe it's your spirituality, maybe it's how much you pray, maybe it's, maybe it's how you look, maybe it's how much weight you lost. I don't know what it is. What is that thing? Paul said, you know what, I once thought all that stuff was valuable, that I could compare myself with everyone else. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. See, all the stuff of comparison, looking left, looking right. Just breeds the stuff in us we don't really want. Causes the relationships in our lives to be damaged. It causes the relationship with him to to, um, be uh, hindered. And Paul just said, I count everything. Whatever that is, the stuff that makes me look good, stuff that makes me impressive, the stuff that makes me respectable on this planet, I count it all as loss. All of it. There's not one thing that I'm going to hold on to anymore to say this is something that makes me significant. I'm leaving it all for one thing. That I might know him. Because guess what? When you know him, all that stuff you're reaching for, you get. But the truth is that as followers of Christ, Satan's so tricky. he can just throw these little things in, looking look right, looking left, that cause us to, the, this pride to grow in our lives. It's separating us from our, from the relationship we can have with the Lord. And it's like, you get in those spots, like, you know what? I'm a Christian, I go to church, but I just don't feel God, I don't hear his voice. Maybe there's a little pride test that has to happen in our lives. I know, that's not really exciting to say. But in the end, as we started tonight with what's greatest, what's greatest? Honor, respect, or humility, what's greater? My challenge tonight is this, don't allow comparison and pride to steal the joy from knowing Him. You know, to have a status and honor and esteem here, is that greatest? Or will you say that knowing Him for eternity will be infinitely greater? You got to choose at the beginning. You get to choose at the end. But it's not that idea of sitting here and thinking, oh, okay, that's a a good thought. What are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? I know I'm going to have chances to do something about it. And Holy Spirit leads us in each uh, of our lives in those moments that, you know, today, tomorrow, as you go from this place and you're faced with that spot of either comparing and wanting what someone else has or looking down on somebody else, that Holy Spirit would just... Put in, you know what? With us, it's different. With us, it's different. With us, it's not going to be like that. We're followers of Jesus. With us, it's different. What does different look like? I challenge you to take that path. Let's pray. Father, it's kind of difficult to have those promptings in my heart this week, to be honest. But I'm thankful for it. Holy Spirit, I am. I'm thankful for your voice on the inside. Tonight, I just want to share what what your word is and what your heart is. My prayer is that you would do in me what you desire to do fully. God, I pray that you would find hearts here that are open to you, that as you prick our conscience and lead us in certain ways, that we'd just be obedient and follow and walk out that obedience to you. Jesus, I know that's what you did. You walked out obedience to your Father and suffered an incredible death on the cross, but I'm the result to be able to have a relationship with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Help us to have the same attitude. Help us to walk out in those same actions. And may our our world see you through it, not us. May they see you. Love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. And thank you, Father, so much for being our Father and bringing us into this amazing family. Love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.